Good morning, everyone. Glad you came along, because it's not much fun just speaking to yourself all the time, <laughs> which I do a bit of. Power of His promise. Had some good teaching on the power of His promise, yeah? And uh, this morning, we just want to bring that to a conclusion and uh, share some, some things about it. You know, when, it, when, when someone promises something, uh, you take about as much notice of the value of that promise according to how you value that person. Because some people's promises are pretty empty, let's face it. Um, but uh, it's easy to make a promise, it's another thing to keep it. But when we're talking about God who makes the promise, we're on pretty good ground, aren't we? It says, God's not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should change his mind. Has he not spoken, and shall he not make it good? And so God is a, a, a good God. And when he promises something, we can, we can lean on that. We can trust him to fulfill that promise. And uh, last week, Paul shared about the I wills of God, that God fulfills. He said, I will do it. I will do it. I will, I will, I will. And uh, that was great to, to be encouraged in that. And so we need to understand and, and, and believe that. Uh, Paul said in Acts chapter 27 and verse 45, he said, Be of good courage. Uh, he says, Be of good courage, men, for I believe God that, he, think, that it will turn out exactly as he has spoken. And so, you know, when God says something, it's going to turn out that way. And we need to cooperate with that. There's a verse that says, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, is it 2 and verse 20? I better put my glasses on so I can get it right. And it's up on the screen, I think. For no, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. And so uh, the old authorized version says, Christ, you know, the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. But it takes God to make the promise and for you and I to say amen to it and to walk in it like that. Amen means so be it or let it happen. And so when we get a promise of God, we need to say, let it happen, Lord. And we need to expect that it will happen and walk in that attitude of faith believing that what God has said will happen, will happen, yes? yes? And so it's our amen in Christ that brings honor and glory to the Lord, and it's that, that hinge of faith that brings that. And uh, so last week, Pastor Paul preached about and talked about the promise, and he talked about the problem, and he talked about the provision, how that often there is, uh, between the promise and the provision of that pro promise, there is a problem. And God's with us in the problem. Hallelujah. He doesn't say, well, here's the promise. See you later. Uh, but, but he said, I'll, I'll walk with you in that. I'll be in the midst of the furnace with that. Because when we strike the problem uh, that is between the, the promise and the provision, we need to know that he's with us and, and that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. It's been shared already this morning. And, and, and thank you, Wayne, because the promises of God, it's true. They don't, they don't only carry for us. They carry for the next generation. If you and I learn how to handle the promise of God and walk into those promises, then we learn great keys for our kids. And the kids see us, and they see our faith, and they want to follow in through that, 
and the blessing of God comes upon them and to their children. The Bible says that the blessing of God is to the third and the fourth generation. So it behoves you and I who are in church today and as adults to learn how to walk into the promise, receive the promise, as, as Deborah so well shared with us, to get still and receive that certain word of God, that Rima word, and then to walk into it. But I want to share with you that there is another P. There are four Ps when we talk about these things, and they're coming up on the screen right now. Here they come. They're coming. They promised me they would come. <laughs> and I'm trusting that they will fulfill the promise. No, I want the, the, the screen. Faith. Four Ps. No, I don't want that one. Have you got the chart that comes down? How many did you put there? It's not there? Okay. Okay. The four Ps. I'll explain them to you. Number one. At the top there is what? The promise. Arrow coming down. Principle. Arrow coming down, problem. Arrow coming down, provision. Four things, four Ps. We're going one to the other. What were they? Number one, promise. Number two, principle. Number three, problem. Number four, provision. These four things are very important to us to understand. See, the problems... When God, when God gives us a promise, then he allows a time, of, a problem may arise before you get the answer. Has anyone noticed that? Yeah? Five years? Ten years? In Paul's case, 50 years? And the reason for the problem is that God wants us to be learned to walk in the kingdom principle that governs the promise. If we understand that principle, then we will grow in, in, in grace. We will start to live in victory. We'll walk through the problem and we'll walk into the provision. Furthermore, the understanding of the principle is to enable us to become more and more like Jesus. Here's a slide that hopefully will come up this time. God's ultimate intention for me. Is that one there? This is awkward. God's ultimate intention, I've written this down, it was meant to come up on the screen. God's ultimate intention for me is that I become more and more like Jesus. Say that after me. God's ultimate intention for me is that I become more and more like Jesus. Everything that the Holy Spirit does for you 
and in your life is to enable us to become more like Jesus. I mean, what better ultimate intention could there be that you and I become like Jesus, yes? And that is the, that is the, the reason why God deals with us and helps us and, and, and behind everything else and all the provisions of all the promises in behind that is this ultimate intention that the Holy Spirit is committed to is to make us more and more in the image of Christ, yes? And so, so, so we, got, we, we need to get hold of that. Here's another quote. The greatest thing that God is doing for you is the thing that he is doing in you. I'll say it again. The greatest thing that God is doing for us is the thing that he is doing in us. And so all the things that are happening to us behind the scenes, the Holy Spirit is working all things together for good. And he is causing us to become more and more like Christ. And that's why there is power in the promise. Because God gives us the promise and then begins to lead us through into the provision, all the time working on us to make us more and more like Christ. I mean, wouldn't it be great, uh, it is great, if everyone of us attending Excite was just like Jesus. All the time. Not just on Sundays. Wouldn't it be nice to marry with someone like that? Paul thinks he is. Paul thinks he's married to somebody like that. She is, yeah, that's it. And so, so we, have to, we have to just grapple with some things here and not just say, well, there's the promise and here's the provision. We need to know what God is doing between those two things. Otherwise, we lose heart. We get discouraged. We fly to bits. But we need to understand that God is working on us all the time to make us more and more like Jesus. Sometimes in the wisdom of God, and for the fact that God works with eternity in mind, not just our few short years on this earth, he delays the provision so we can learn the principle. See, when we're dealing with God, we're not just dealing with one generation, as Wayne shared. God has other generations following us in mind. So he's quite at will in his wisdom to delay the provision for us to teach us the principle so that the generations coming can walk in the faith that we have. And it takes some maturity to grapple with that and to believe it and to trust him with it. It is the learning of the principle that we become changed under a Christ-likeness. In Bible words, we become transformed into his image. And sometimes it takes some problems to work that in us. Here's a scripture, 2 Peter 1 and 3 and verse 4. Now, I know this one is there. Let's all read it. Here we go. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Stop there. His divine power has given us everything that we need. Yes? For a godly life. Carrying on. Through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these. What, what are these? It's the promise. It's the glory and the goodness of God 
that allows us to receive these promises, yes? And it is through these he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. You say, why does God promise us these things? It's so that through these things, through them, the promises of God, you may become participants in the divine. You might become more like Jesus than you've ever been before. You see, so the promises encourages this and enable us to walk through deep waters that otherwise we'd flag it away. But God gives us these promises and the power of the promise is, the, is, is our faith that hinges onto that promise and holds on and just trusts God no matter what, knowing that the provision is on its way because God says, I will, hallelujah, but also enjoying the fact that the Holy Spirit is at work in us, in me, and in my family. Hallelujah. And if I can walk in this promise and if I can trust God and I can see the provision, then hallelujah, I can help someone else because I've learned the principle and I've become strong in that. And so God allows the problem for us to be able to walk into it. Hallelujah. And become partakers of the divine nature because of that power of the promise. Yeah. Hallelujah. So we begin to trust God with it. Israel, you know, Paul talked about this last week. They were promised a land flowing with milk and honey, yes? A great land. So you're going to walk into this land. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. You see, that's what they all said. And God said, well, I'll tell you what, there's a little bit of a problem, and it's a desert. But the desert's only a journey of 10 days and in Deuteronomy 8 and verse 2 says, this is the principle. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. And so God is looking for a people who will trust him, who will walk with him, yeah? Hallelujah, who will, who, who, who will trust him no matter what. And so he gives them a test. They just walked through this desert, but they hadn't gone a few days. They were all grumbling and said, let's go back. We don't trust you, God. You see? And so there was a principle attached that God was trying to build into their lives. Abraham he says, you're going to have a son. Yeah, right. I'm 80, and when you looked at Sarah, she wasn't much better. Because I'm going to give you a son. But there was a problem. It's going to take a while. And through there goes this, there's the, the, the 20 years, and God said, there's a principle I want to build into your life, Abraham and Sarah. And it's the principle I want you to become, you are the father of faith. And you're going to have to walk a few years without seeing the provision while I build into you this unshakable faith that you will trust me no matter what, and that will be passed down into the generations. So God is working on this man. He's working on Abraham. And, and Abraham tries to fulfill the promises. And no, 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 trust me. Trust me. Trust me. 
Joseph with the same. He gets this, he has these dreams. And God says, one day you're going to, your family is going to be so thick they're going to bow before you. And he gets this about 17 years of age. But it's another 13 years or more before he still sees the fulfillment of that promise. And so he goes through all sorts of problems. Why? Because just let it happen, Lord. No, the promise is sure. It is the I, one of the I wills of God. It'll come, Joseph. But I'm more interested in you because you are going to hold a particular role and you're going to be the saviour of your generation and the ones that follow, in fact, the whole nation. But I need to work on you, so guess what? Here's some problems. (laughs) And in the middle of the problem, you're going to learn some principles of the kingdom of God that is going to set you up to rule and to reign in life in the years that lie ahead. Not only that, you will save your whole family by it. If you will walk in and learn these principles. And month went by and year went by. And over the Holy Spirit, the greatest thing that the Holy Spirit is doing for us is the thing he is doing in us because he's teeing you and I up for our future. Hallelujah. The blessing and the provisions of God are not just the blessings for now. They are blessings for your future. Hallelujah. And for the children that are walking behind you. And and for the people that you meet. Hallelujah. God wants a church full of people who are willing to walk through and learn the principles of God and become strong in faith and hold the power of God's promises within them so that they can share their life with a certainty and with a conviction. Hallelujah. And so we can help each other in the times when we go through these things. Psalm 105 verse 19 says, Until the time that Joseph's word came to pass, the word of the Lord, in other words, the promise tested him. But he had the promise. And year after he says, Lord, but you said, you said that I, I, I'd come into a place of leadership and my family would recognize that. It's a true word, Joseph, but hang on, you're not ready for that yet. I've got to work some things in you. There's some principles that you've got to know if you're going to be a blessing in the years that lie ahead. In the middle of the problem, it is the power of the promise that sustains us and allows the Holy Spirit the time to teach us the principle so that we might not only receive the provision, but on the journey become more and more like Jesus. Faith in the promise is the sustaining grace that enables the Holy Spirit to fulfill the promise of God in our lives and in our situations. I thought, Lord, get us where have I seen this in operation? Some of you have heard me share this, but there was a young couple that had a, wasn't their first baby, it was about their second or third child, and this little boy got to about 15 months and then just stopped eating. He just couldn't swallow. He just couldn't eat. They get all manner of tests on this child. And it just, he just, he was just going downhill. He was just going downhill. And the, and, and the, the young couple got the, they got the life group to pray for them. And we prayed for the baby in church. And, 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 and nothing happened. And over a matter of a few weeks, this child just, they got a little bit of food, but he was, he was going there. 
and uh, we, you know, you pray and you believe. But the, and they, they said God had promised them that this child would live. And they say, what? you know, wow, this is serious. And then the, the dad was reading the Bible one day and he came across a promise and it leapt off the page. It was a Rima word. And it was just a promise for the, this occasion. And, and he reads this. He never... He was just a young Christian. He'd never seen it before. And he said, and he said if you are sick, James chapter four, 5, if you are sick, call for the elders of the church and let them anoint him with oil. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise them up. This is the principle. But this was the principle that God wanted to build into this couple. They ended up pastoring churches. And God was in an early stage before they knew that was going to happen, was teaching them a principle that they were going to use over and over again in the churches that they led, you see. And so they teach them. And so he says, he says Would, please, on next Sunday, could the elders anoint my little boy with oil? And, and, and we, the Bible says this is a promise. And so we did. I can still see him today walking down there. This little baby was like one of those little Biafran children with eyes, bulging eyes and thin, little, just starving to death. And we anointed with all that Sunday morning, hallelujah, that afternoon he started eating. You say, why didn't it? Why didn't it happen with just laying out of hands or just speaking the word? Because God wanted to teach a principle that they were going to carry for the rest of their lives into them. And so God delayed the provision, allowed the problem to go a little bit longer than usual, and they'll never forget that principle. And neither did the church ever forget that principle because they saw it with their own eyes. And there are some times where some sicknesses will not move until the elders are called. It doesn't say let the elders call on you. It says you have faith to call for the elders of the church. And it's a principle, just one example of a principle that sometimes uh, is needed to build into our lives. Psalm 119, verse 49, remember your word to your servant. For you, remember your word, remember, remember, Lord, your word, your promise to your servant. For you have given me hope. My comfort in my suffering is this. Your promise preserves my life. Wow. There is power in that. If we will hang in there, and trust God and let him work his works of grace in our lives. You see, Hebrews 10 verse 36 says, Do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. And sometimes we have to walk and persevere through the desert. We need to walk through that dry time. Say, Lord, it's okay. And keep, a, keep an attitude, keep a good attitude. Say, Lord, you're going to provide. I'm just going to trust you. Hallelujah. And Lord, while you're doing this, while I'm waiting, just build your character into my life a little more. Make me more like Jesus. Don't let me fly to bits in the middle of this. 
Just let me trust you, Lord. Hallelujah. Let me become more. Lord, what principles are you wanting to, to, to teach me and through this? What are you doing in my life? Lord, not just what are you doing for me, but what are you doing in me? Hallelujah. This becomes a great sustaining prayer in those times. Hebrews 6 and verse 12, we do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and, oh dear, inherit what has been promised. Sometimes it takes a little while. And if we will learn the principles, hallelujah, then we'll be in good shape. The promises of God often have a principle attached to them. However, too often we want the provision of the promise, but don't want the principle that unlocks the provision. Better read it again, shall I? I The promises of God often have a principle attached to them. However, too often we want the provision of the promise, but we don't want the principle that unlocks that provision. Yeah? Yeah? Lord, I want to live a long time. Here's the principle. Honor your father and mother. Exodus 20 and verse 12. You don't have to believe everything they say, but you just have to honor them. They gave you life. Say, I want all the blessings, Lord. I want to be blessed in abundance. Your word talks about abundance and overflow. I want all that. Principle, give. And it shall be given unto you, good measure. Press down. No, 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 no. I just want the overflow. I just want the provision. Well, you could be waiting a long time between the promise and the provision until you learn that there are principles of giving. You want to be blessed in every way you give in every way. So no, 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 I don't want that. Well, Jesus is a giver. And the Holy Spirit is wanting you to become more like him. So guess what's going to happen? He's going to hang out on you until you learn the principle. See? So I'm giving you keys. Say, I want all these things. I want provision. I want housing. I want food and my clothing. I want you to provide all of my needs. Lord, you said you provide all of my needs. Good. Here comes the principle. Seek first. The kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. No, 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 no. I don't want it. I just want the provision. I just want the overflow. Seek first. Put Jesus first. And his right kingdom and his righteousness. And the provision will start to flow. You could be in the desert a long time. Or at the beach. All right. What else have I got there? No weapon that is formed against you will prosper. Every tongue that rises up in judgment. This is the inheritance of the saints. It's not for everybody. If you, don't, if you don't become a follower of Jesus, then you're wide open for every attack that comes. All things work together for good. To those who love God. To those who are called according to his purpose. The principles are there. 
Now, when a little baby is born, the mother and the father provide everything for that baby. It only has to cry and its needs are met. Yes? Now, when a child is a little older, he needs to learn how to feed himself. Most of them have no difficulty. But it'd be a strange thing if he didn't do that. He then learns how to be part of the family and he learns the principles of provision. He or she gets trained and goes out and earns a living. And so it is in the kingdom of God. When we are first born again, we become new Christians, God just provides everything for us. The gap between the promise and the provision is very short. Hallelujah. And we're encouraged because we're just little babies. We say, oh, Lord. He says, yes, try this. And he spoon feeds us for a while. But later on, as we grow in grace, the Holy Spirit expects us to be able to feed ourselves and to learn the ways of the kingdom of God. He expects us to learn the principles of right living and to apply our faith, our amen, to the promises of God. To do this, sometimes the Holy Spirit delays the provision. Trouble is we want the answer. We want the provisions. I've discovered that there are many Christians who are not really interested in becoming too much like Jesus or of seeking first His kingdom and His righteousness. And they wonder why they struggle in life and get bogged down in the wilderness of problems. They don't want to read the Bible. They attend church and life groups spasmodically and declare the teaching of the Bible principles as optional. Then the wife of such a man wonders why he is not very often like Jesus. And he wonders why his children are not like him either. The greatest investment for our life success is to know Jesus and to learn the principles that he lays down for us in the word of God. Hallelujah. It is the power of his promises that gives us the faith to walk through the problems and into the provision while all the time becoming more and more like Jesus for which our wives and our children will be incredibly thankful for more than that it's not just for you and yours it's for the town it's for your friends at work for a, it's for the people that need Jesus desperately and have no answers. We need to begin to walk in the principles of God. I want to be in a church that is filled, that is a powerhouse of people who are becoming more and more like Jesus. Hallelujah who are learning the principles of the Word of God so that as they face the problems, they hang in there and trust God and believe Him and walk through the problems in faith. Hallelujah. Not just easily, but just tenacity, you know, with tenacity. 
with determination, with perseverance, saying, it's okay, God, I'm expecting the provision. I'm hanging on there for provision, but work your works of grace in my life. Make me more like Jesus while I walk this and just hang on to me while I go through this. I want to be in a church of people that know the principles of God that are part of the answer, that know the answers. And we're all here to learn, aren't we, together? To share our faith, to share our life together so that when one of us hits a problem, the rest of us can hang in there with them because we've walked and we've learned some things and we begin to know some things, yeah? But really, do you know Him? Do you know Jesus, eh? is the one that promises the goodness of God for our lives. We just need to make sure that we've opened our hearts fully to Him. You say, Ian, the Bible promises so much. Hey, seek first Jesus. Seek first His kingdom and everything else will take its place. My encouragement for you this morning is to receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord first of all, and second, to put Him first in your life. And watch the doors open to His provisions. Watch the power that is contained in the promise of a wonderful God be fulfilled in your life and in those around you. Lord, we just thank you. We bow our heads in your presence this morning. You're such a good God, Lord. You want the best for us, Lord. How, how much better could it ever be than to be made more and more like Jesus? Lord, if nothing else happens but that happens, Lord, then that's a great thing. So, Lord, I pray that you'll just touch every life in here and give us a determination to push through and to learn the ways of God.